Hey y'all. We're just uh just warming up. We're getting really excited to read this story. This very um intriguing story. Yes. We got spooky sound effects ready. Wait, that's not <laughs> no. spooky ones. We're reading out of blood drops. That's not either. Heartbeats. Oh, yes, it's time. Almost five minutes. This is the warm up show. Yes. So, what I'm going to do for five minutes is tell completely unprepared jokes. Loosen up the crowd. <laughs> loosen, loosen you guys up a little bit, you know? Hey, hey, so uh, <laughs> I was thinking, uh, we, we were just leaving a meeting and I was thinking on the way home. Um, if anybody's watching this right now, uh, we're in our bed and that's kind of creepy. Well, it's not creepy that we're in our bed. It's creepy that you're watching us. In it's creepy. Bed. I thought I don't know. It wasn't a funny joke. <laughs> I'm gonna be. It a, was I'm gonna be a comedian one day. But if you want to watch us in bed, we love the creeps and weirdos. We're down with that. We're okay. With you. Take it easy. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, uh, the people, for joining us early right now. Having, being ready. Um, I'm gonna try and. I don't know if the chat is working. It wasn't working the other day. I just put some weird stuff out there to see if anybody responds to it. Um, oh, live chat. Yeah. Here you go. Maybe that's how it works. <laughs> if if you can if you can hear me, can y'all hear the is the audio working okay? Can you guys hear okay? I'm gonna make sure we get this right before we start reading. We want to do this story some justice. We don't want any hiccups yeah we lit candles yeah. look it's... Ooh. setting the mood yeah for some scary stuff hey matt brown what up baby <laughs> <laughs> what's up welcome to my bed <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> hope you're ready for a scary story Suspenseful story. Mm -hmm. It's a story that'll make you think outside the box. So I don't know how, like, yeah, we don't have to worry about boxes for this story. I wouldn't even worry about it. We got, uh, we got all kinds of cool noises, like flashing cameras, whatever that is, a clown. That's a cartoon car. This is, um, some, like a cellar door slamming. Like yeah, that. cellar door slamming. We got um, somebody walking down a hall with just one foot. <laughs> <laughs> we got a heartbeat. Like a telltale heart. Um, we got, <laughs> didn't mean to get that one. We got a creaky door. <clears throat> so we have pretty much everything you could ever want for suspense. You're welcome, world. We come prepared. We don't mess around when it comes to reading things. Do make it weird. Don't make it weird. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make it weird. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's not it weird. It's bedtime stories. These are bedtime stories. Yes. They are bedtime stories. Did you show the book? 
Yeah, I did. I, you know, while you were entertaining yourself on the keyboard, blood drops. This is a collection. Show that I got. This is a signed. This is an autographed copy. Would you like to show your autograph? This is an autographed copy. Wait, that's the wrong. <laughs> There's no autograph. There it is. Autographed. That means I'm famous. I mean, somebody's famous around here. One minute we'll be getting started reading Blood Drops by W.B. Welch. The terror is immense. Mm -hmm. The anticipation <clears throat> One more minute. is also immense. <laughs> I, need a I need a dictionary along with this book. Oh yeah, the source. Because that has synonyms <laughs> and antonyms. Hey, somebody hey, six. in the comments, okay, in the comments, could somebody explain what an adjective is to me? Because I have no, no clue. <laughs> you, you do know what an Hi, adjective. how you doing? Big shout out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for joining. WB's here. Thanks, WB, for joining. Yay, WB. We're Thank excited you guys to read for this. Oh, man. So excited. We got one minute, and we'll get started. And I'll explain the rules for the free giveaway. Free? All right, Did 9:30. somebody say free? Oh, it's 9.30. All right. All right. So okay, this... wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Welcome to Bedtime Stories. I'm your host, Matt Whiteside. Join, of course, by the shadowy, <laughs> shadowy, <laughs> lovely Sherry. I am pretty shadowy. Hi. We are very excited here at Bedtime Stories. I'm more excited. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> always are um by wb welsh it's a story out of blood drops per her request we are reading the, the look. look and we are going to um the story changes perspective throughout so we will be alternating um narrating yes it's gonna be great we each have a part to play <laughs> how exciting is that another cool thing we're doing um for people who are tuning in live there's a, there's a free giveaway, so I'm going to give away a free copy of W.B. Welch's book of short stories, Blood Drops, to a viewer. All you have to do is subscribe to the channel and leave a comment with your email address letting me know that you want to uh, win. <laughs> Just say Blood Drops, um, and then we can send you a free copy. Okay? Okay. So, we're going to get started here in just a moment. I don't think I have any other nonsense to say. Thank you so much for letting us read this story, WB. We really appreciate it. We hope we do it justice. Yeah. If we suck, let us know in the comments so I can cry tonight instead of go to bed. <laughs> I'd rather cry myself to sleep if possible, knowing the truth. All right. You ready, Sherry? Yes, I am. Use. Okay. And take it away. The look. I know what you're going to say. 
Blythe made relaxed eye contact with her reflection. He's too old for me. I'm too young to know what real love is, but I do love him and he loves me. She'd been considering telling her parents about Mark for a few weeks. Two things held her back, sheer fear of her parents and the fact that Mark didn't want her to tell them. This is a good thing between you and I. He'd whispered in her ear while she was lying atop him, her legs straight as boards squared with his, her breast pressed flat. The conversation would have to happen at some point. When it presented itself, she wanted to be ready. We've been together nine months now. It started after my 15th birthday party when he came over with his niece. That was the first time we made the eye contact you make when you like someone. Blythe wrung her hands in front of her body. Knots laced her stomach tight. If she couldn't tell the story to her mirror, how was she supposed to face her parents? She washed her hands and forgot the practice for now. Dressing for school, she remembered their first private meeting. A smile took over her frown. At the end of her birthday party, after her third slice of cake and after lying with her head in her mom's lap for a movie, she asked if she could ride her bike around the neighborhood. I've got a sugar shake in my knees. She knocked on his door under the pre pretense of asking to hang out with his niece. However, she knew he'd left the birthday party early to take his niece home. When Mark answered, she asked if Marie was there, not believing her own conviction. She kept her eyes at the cement beneath her, beneath her feet. She's gone home, I'm afraid. Oh. Blythe felt her bare knees touching beneath her skirt. Her hands gripped tight behind her back. She twisted side to side. Was there something else you needed? Blythe looked up from the ground to meet his gaze. Photonic. The good neighbor gaze was back. She was silly for changing into a push-up bra and folding her skirt higher up her waist. Of course, he wasn't eyeing her earlier. Um, no. She eyed his straight jawline, his blue eyes, his damp lips, his tongue pushed from her mouth. <laughs> yeah, his tongue pushed from her mouth to lick her, yeah, to lick her own, I'm sorry. Her gaze sharpened. She turned quickly, hoping he hadn't seen. Did you, uh, want to come in for a drink or something? I mean, some water or whatever it is you drink. Her knees tingled. It might be best for you to come around and tuck your bike in the garage. I'll let you in the back door. With eye contact held, she nodded in an instant understanding. She kept the smile inside. The victory dance held as a private show. He wanted her hidden. He was offering her more than a drink. Blythe pulled her pants on for school, admiring the cup the blue jeans added to the bottom of her cheeks. The tight top hugged her narrow waist and, the, and her developing breasts, made larger by the padded bra improved by her already bottle-shaped figure. She ran coral lipstick over her parted lips, the same she had worn that day. They'd both been apprehensive, but he must have been far more nervous. He had more to lose if he'd made a move she wasn't ready for. They, slipped on, they sipped on soda. The cold sweat of the can dampened her fingers. After a small talk about the party, with nervous laughs in between, she set her drink on the bar and wiped her shaking hands on her skirt. She approached Mark, wondering how old he was. The small creases by his eyes gave his baby face away. He had to be almost 30, but she didn't want to remind him of their differences at, in that moment, at that moment, another time. His body tensed. He stood up straight, leaving his pseudo half-relaxed <clears throat> lean on the counter. Blythe had never made a first move. She never made any moves. She felt clumsy, but wanted to touch him and knew this was on her. Mark stood straight with his arms by his sides. Life? He said, bringing up the tail end of her name with a high note. The fear was on his face. 
fear, but not resistance. She raised her toes, held his face with both hands, and kissed stiff lips. Once, twice, she pressed pecks on his unmoving mouth. As she fell to her feet flat, he stared into her eyes. The fear still there, but with a softness now underneath. She could see the strong peck muscles she admired heaving under his shirt. The energy in the air pulled her arm hairs on end. She could barely breathe. Mark held her gaze for only seconds longer before he let go. He pulled their bodies together, swept her up to him, pressed his lips hard against hers. She kissed him back, not breathing, felt her eyes water, and a tear fall down her cheek. I've never done anything as half-cocked as I did that night. Blythe, she's beautiful, gentle, fragile, but to start any relationship with an underage girl, let alone a 15-year-old, when I'm closer to 30 than I am 20, it eats at me. Her dad and I weren't anything I would call friends, but we both have classic cars and both like whiskey a little more than we should. So sometimes we find ourselves shooting the shit with a bottle of whatever brown stuff we picked up from the mark. I kept my eyes off her for so long. Nonetheless, there I had always been. There had always been a glow about her. Not one you could see, but one you felt when she drew near. You could even see her dad's posture change when she entered the room. A little smile pull at the side of his mouth. The day of her birthday, however, she was different. She felt different. She still moved with a clumsy looseness, but there was this new ooze about her, like something had changed. Then there was the look, the one that lingered a little too long. I couldn't believe I allowed myself to hold her gaze. It's normal for teens to have crushes on older men, they know, but it was completely different on my end. I knew better. The rest of the day, I found my eyes drifting to the bit of thigh peeking below her skirt, her small waist, her developing figure, watching her skirt rise as she grasped overhead for a dish in the cabinet. I imagined running my fingertips up the length of her leg. I almost knew the texture it would produce. It was time to leave. I told Blythe's father I had to duck out early to get my niece home, but the truth was I needed air. Then she dropped by later. I almost swallowed my tongue. I knew why she was there, though she was too bashful to outright say it. I should have let her leave. Shouldn't have invited her in. I felt like the wind was leaving me as I watched her turn. Then the words fell out of my mouth. Next thing I knew, she was in my kitchen. More of her thighs were visible. I noticed, and I could tell she changed bras before coming over. I chastised myself for what I was about to get into. Though we, I hadn't done anything wrong yet. Maybe she would just drink her soda and leave. My hands trembled from the res restraint. My knees were weak. I would have taken a step back when she started towards me had I not been leaning on the counter already. Her soft hands cut my face and she leaned in like she had done it a thousand times before. When her lips pressed into mine for the first time, I couldn't feel it. My heart was thumping so hard I thought she would hear. Hell, I was afraid she'd be able to see the son of a bitch beating. Then she kissed me again. I held my stance for as long as I could. He was the perfect gentleman, exactly what every girl dreams of in a lover. He held on so tight it was hard to breathe. They made out in the kitchen, one arm reaching over to pull Blind's clothes while the other held her pressed firm into him. Their feet tangled as they danced around the tiles. Once the house was dark, all the sunlight having been blotted out, he swept Blythe off her feet and carried her towards a room, his room. He held her gaze the whole way, 
As he bent to place her on the bed, he kissed her three more times. She reached up to brush her hair from his forehead before he stood. I, uh... He laughed with a nervous rush of air that choked out of his mouth. Is this your first time? No. It was true enough. She already thought it might be a problem for him, so she decided on her way over to tell him she wasn't a virgin, though she still technically was. There was the time Lyndon put his hand down her pants after biology class, and she remembered for a blip what happened with Uncle Ron, but she was young, and she didn't, and he didn't put it inside her, so it didn't count. I'm sorry to ask, it's just... I know, I'm young. I will say you're my only my second. I hope that doesn't bother you. Well, to be honest with you, nothing about this makes me comfortable, sweetheart. I'm scared, too. He stood in front of her. She sat on the bed, knees together, hands folded in her lap. His arms hung loose by his sides. She could still see him taking exaggerated breaths. He paused. His eyes narrowed with concentration. Then he was upon her. His large hand came up to cradle her face, the last of his fingers gripping the side of her neck. He kissed her again, just as hard as before. This time, their tongues came together, moving in and out of each other's space, as though they ran from the same wiring. His thigh pressed high between her legs, his spare arm wrapped around her back. They were lying on the bed together now and moved with a sway, both rocking, both gasping between the contact. She left that night, after the moon was in the sky. I'd like to tell you I didn't sleep a wink, that my conscience kept me tossing and turning. But the truth is I slept the best I had in months. Her softness, her genuine presence, she brought peace. I will say, I told myself that night would be the one and only. We would resume our usual relationship, dad's neighbor friend, and that would be the end of it. She didn't have my number or, or I hers, so there was no digital communication between us. I saw her ride by on her bike a couple of days later, her eyes locked and held until she was well past my lawn. Then she turned and kept on. A huge weight pulled off, assuming she understood and felt the same. That Friday night, though, she came by again. I was startled out of bed when she tapped on the window. There was no bike this time. I moved quick to open the back door. I didn't want to be seen. She gripped her fingers so tight I thought she might pull her knuckles out of their sockets. I held her delicate hands with mine and let her inside. She stayed until three in the morning. We ate, watched a movie, cuddled, and kissed, and then found our way into the bedroom again. Less clumsy, more confidence in both our movements. After she left, I was up for hours just staring at the ceiling with a stupid grin on my face. About five in the morning, I drug myself into the kitchen for coffee, poured a bowl of cereal. Right there, staring at my Fruit Loops, I cried. For a hundred reasons, yet for none. I was sad for her, for what I allowed to happen, for how it would hurt when I had to tell her no, because I was certain she would come by again. I was sad for myself, too. I knew I would feel lost cutting her off. How young and fresh our relationship was. How young and fresh was she? I looked up from my softening cereal to stare at my ghosted reflection in the kitchen window. This is not for me. Blythe knew it was coming. She'd expected it the second night. Thought for sure he would turn her away with almost verbatim words. You're just too young. She was wrong, though. It wasn't until the third visit when she was indoors with a glass of fruit punch. He sat across the table from her with a mug of coffee cupped between his hands. You know, we can't keep doing this. Drinking beverages at the kitchen table? You know what I mean. 
I was hoping you wouldn't say that. I was hoping I wouldn't either. But I should. You're beautiful, and I enjoy our time together. But you're young. There's a reason the law is there. It's to keep old oafs like me from taking advantage of trusting young girls like you. Are you saying I'm naive? I'm saying you have stars in your eyes. I'm older. And handsome. <sighs> Mark Hofton grinned with an awe chef smile, pushing at his cheeks. I'm older and this is a dangerous situation. So you're enjoying the adrenaline rush. It'll be over, over me in a couple of months. And that's only if I'm not sitting in jail before then. You won't go to jail. No one will know. I won't tell a soul. Not even my best friend. Girls always tell their best friends. And people can't always keep their mouths closed. I don't want to go to jail. And I don't want to have to register as a sex offender for the rest of my life. Life bound. She was offended, though she understood his caution. They didn't know each other well. The first time they really talked had been the movie night a few days before. He hardly knew anything about her. She knew how to keep her mouth shut when it was important. I, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. No, no, you didn't. I mean, I know why you're scared. I'm just saying that it's not true. You won't have to worry. I'm not a loose-lipped, gossiping teenager. I know how to keep my mouth, my business, my own. Do you? His gaze changed. There was an animal in there, one that wanted her. She started unbuttoning her blouse, one small white button at a time. She pulled her right heel into the seat of the chair, let her folded leg fall to one side. The black knee-length skirt she donned fell back, almost showing the rim of her panties, but not quite. She saw his posture change and felt she was winning the conversation, had it been a battle. It seemed more like a charade than an actual duel. He had an obligation to attempt to end their relationship, but he didn't want to, neither did she. Nine months later, she was still sneaking in my back door. Only she had her own key. I'm shaking my head now even to think it. I was dating this girl like she was a 25-year-old woman, pretending like she wasn't still using a bicycle as transportation. I woke that Friday morning to a text from her saying she practiced informing her parents about us in the mirror and didn't get very far at all. Thank God for that. She'd been on a hitch. Kept telling me she thought her parents would understand they had had a real relationship. They would support us being together if they didn't know about the sex stuff. I had been a love-drunk fool, enjoying the naivety of adolescence. I let myself reside there with her, like a 16-year-old high school kid again. She brought me back to Earth with shattering force. I hadn't been sleeping well. I had been drinking more. <laughs> Thank you.
Disappointment kept her quiet on the bus ride to school, not seeing him that morning. He hadn't responded to her text either. She watched the second hand on the wall clock. 10 seconds, 20, 30, 60, 0, 1, 2, 3, 4. Anxiety knotted her throat. Her knees twitched. She teetered her pencil between her fingers, the eraser keeping a nerve-wrenching tempo. She worried it was happening, that he was growing bored of their nights cooped up behind private walls. She looked to the clock again. One minute had passed. She checked her phone. The teacher cleared the whiteboard to start a new set of notes. It's going to be a long day. With a handful of his hair in my left hand, I stared him in the eyes. His nose was crooked. His right eye was swollen. His body stiffened with each inhalation, sank with each exhale. Whiskey vapor sat heavy at the top of my throat. I salivated, blocked out the burn in my chest. Whiskey churned in my stomach. I swallowed to push it back down. You won't ever see my daughter again. I released my cocked arm. My fist connected just below his swollen eye. You'll be lucky if you ever see. I hit him again and again. I stopped when I couldn't see his skin for the blood. When I re released my grasp, his head dropped to, to the hardwood, solid. I stumbled back and dropped a short distance to the floor. Like a toddler just learning the true capability of his hands for the first time, I sat there and stared at them. They trembled. My knuckles laid open, strands of his hair stuck beneath the nails. As my blood seeped from busted skin and mingled with his, my neighbor was still breathing and watched his chest pull at the air in the room. The air I could almost taste. Iron and oak, sweat, the sour of old whiskey. A dry finish to the montage of aroma. For the first time, I felt my hands. My joints ached, my knuckles burned. The glass in my palms stung deep. Mark stirred. I, fight, I fetched an ice pack. After handing it to Mark, I popped open two warm beers and sat myself on the edge of his couch. He took a drink. He didn't argue. 
Said he would claim a drunken street fight. There was talk of respect and promised distance. When he said her name from my peripheral, I saw a tear fall down his cheek. I suggested the distance be a new zip code. He nodded and said his house would be on the market as soon as he could manage. Nathan, he said, pulling himself from my bucket seat. I don't know if this is appropriate, but thanks for not calling the cops. And I do love her. I waited for him to close the door, then pulled away. When Blythe slid in the car, she noticed sweat and liquor masking the smell of clean leather she was used to. Her dad's hair was wet and slicked back. He was in sweats and a t-shirt. As she looked further, she saw the red stained skin, meaty knuckles, the wad of bloody tissue in the cup holder. Dad? I had a talk with Mark today. Her lips went pencil straight. Her stomach nodded. Her heart leapt in her throat. I don't need to say much. It's over between you two. Fear to heartbreak. Tears welled up in her bottom lids, then pulled over and ran down her cheeks. He couldn't, wouldn't, but... There will be none of that. If you try, I'll call the cops. No questions asked. He'll be leaving town soon. How could you? What did you do to him? She pressed her face into her hands and let the sobs escape. Tears and saliva wet her palms, pain like she'd never known. He's at the hospital. He'll be okay. How could... I won't apologize for what I've done. And don't you ask me to. We all make choices we have to live with. But I will never regret protecting you. What that man did is unforgivable. So is what you've done. He reached over to hold Bly's shoulder, but she pushed him away from his full... before his full palm came to rest. Don't touch me, you monster! Blythe cried the entire trip home. She cried into her pillow. She cried into her washcloth. She tried to gather herself for dinner for her mother, but watched a tear fall into the peas before she excused herself from the table. She locked herself in her room and cried into her pillow again. She didn't know how she could ever feel happy, how she could ever look at her father. The hospital was cold. I stared at the ceiling, tried to picture her face in the overhead tiles. A very real understanding that I would never feel the same consumed every cell within me. The ceiling was closer that night. My wife's back faced me. I wondered how long it would be before my daughter would hug me again. Never had I been so alone in my own home. Tears leaked from Blythe's eyes as she stared at the popcorn ceiling. I know what you're going to say. He's too old for me. I'm too young. But I love him, and he loves me. The words she practiced in the mirror that morning were on repeat. She had been so wrong to expect him to understand. She thought about her 15th birthday party, her last pizza night with Mark, their first time together, their last time together. Tears, tight stomach. I know what you're going to say. The end.